Imagine being like, you're God, you created everything, right? And then oh. you decide to put yourself on earth as a person and erase your memory of God. You don't remember you were God. Oh you don't remember God. creating. But you are God. G'day, guys. Welcome to another episode of Macrocosm, where we review our favorite movies, music, and have discussions until the abyss stares back at us. It's Stephen here, and as always, I'm here with Ryan. Hey, guys. While you're listening, if you could take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast, that'd be much appreciated. Today, we're going to talk about Christopher Nolan's 2010 movie, Conception. And after, we're going to discuss one song each that we have chosen for each other. If we get time. If we get time. I was just about to say possibly, but yep, you, you yeah, you did it perfect. So, possibly. Um, and, yeah. And now, <laughs> as you're about to say, <laughs> and now I'll start us off with a brief movie description. So, a thief who steals corporate secrets through the use of dream sharing technology is given the inverse task of planting an idea into the mind of a CEO. Yes, Inception. Yeah, so now obviously it's safe to say we both enjoy the hell out of this movie and we would recommend it. Don't you agree? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's Oh yeah. Not there wouldn't be many oh, yeah. Christopher Nolan movies that I wouldn't recommend. No. There's a lot we haven't seen. But the ones we have seen. Excellent. Oh good. Yes. Uh, so there's one called Inso- is it Insomnia? It looks a bit weird, but it keeps getting mentioned a lot. It's like a detective one. I don't know if I like it, but oh, okay. I feel like I'm gonna check it out sometime. Is that something he... Oh, yeah, he directed, not wrote. Yep, yep, yep. 2002. Okay. Because it gets mentioned a lot when I was looking through the trivia and notes and stuff. I just saw it a lot. So it's like, uh, I guess I better check it out. Yeah, but see, I look forward to Christopher Nolan's, like, you know, space timey. Yes. Yeah. Just in reading that. Maybe it, it is, was there. A bit, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't look... Because it says... Because it says that, like, some of this is sort of based off that. So I don't know how, I don't know how they're connected, but somehow mm. they're connected. Yeah. Yeah, no. Anyway, um, so Christopher Nolan is the writer and director. Yeah. And obviously, there's a thing here we wrote, which was best known for his cerebral, often nonlinear storytelling. Which is perfect, like Tenet, Interstellar, Memento, this. Like, yeah. I would say the Batman trilogy, but that's not really non-linear, but it's still an excellent movie. Excellent movie set, sorry. Tri- trilogy. Um, yeah. So we'll jump into some of the main characters. We've got buddy Leonardo DiCaprio as Cobb. We've yeah. got Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Arthur. Yeah, we got... Um... Elliot Page as Ariadna. Yeah, what a weird name. I don't know how you say that. Ken Watanabe as Saito. Saito. Yeah, he's he's pretty important. Uh, we've got Tom Hardy oh. as Eames. Dilip Rao as Yusuf, who's the... Oh, yeah. He helped out with the, uh, you know, putting him to sleep and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, Cillian Murphy as Robert Fisher. Yeah, he plays a good... Bad sort of guy. It's it's weird because like even he wasn't really a bad guy. But. He's not at all about. He's just like along for the ride in this, but he plays it very well. 
I, I really like him. He's the CEO they're trying to... He's the guy they're trying to implant things into. He was also the, the time cop in in time. Yes, he was. I, re- I, do, I do like him. Oh, and the and scarecrow got- in bloody uh, Batman, the, uh, the first one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we also got Marion Cotillard yep. as Mal, which is the uh, cop's wife. Yeah. Yep. Ex-wife, dead wife, wife. <laughs> Don't know. Yeah, she's uh, all of the above. <laughs> uh, Michael Caine as his father, Miles. Yeah, yeah. Michael Caine. Yeah. He d- oh, he's wait, a, I think we mentioned that in one of the other movies, one that Michael Caine practically shows up in all of... Christopher a Nolan's lot of them, movies. yeah, like all of them. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them, if not all of them. Yeah. Nah. Um. So I, I really like the start of this. Like the first four minutes, they get you up to speed on fucking everything: idea extraction, dream states, Cobb being like the best extractor, so he's like perfect for protection against extracting. And I loved that. I got thrown right into it because I haven't watched this in quite some time, which I, yeah, I was thankful I of. That. I've seen it not too long ago, but yeah. I've probably watched it like three or four times, but it's been quite a while since oh, I've yeah. watched it. But it, I do like the, all right, here we go. Four minutes in, I already am back up to speed. I like that. I really like that. What about you? You got any opening notes? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like that. You're like, yeah, of course I fucking do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not quite sure what you just said, but... um. I like how we just dropped into it. That's like exactly what I just in, said. Yeah, straight into the mission. Um, no idea what's going on, so they have to explain shit. It's just the unknowing, isn't it? Like, yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, so in that mission, you know, when he, it's, it's a bit. Silly. I don't know if it's good or bad or. Oh yeah. Um, but when when we meet Mal. And they're in the room, and he ties the rope to her chair leg. And he's like, Stay there. Of course, she fucking doesn't stay in the chair when he's climbing down the rope. But was that like, was that him attempting to like see if he could trust his version yeah, of Mal? Was, like, was that, him? yeah, was it a test? Or how about let's try and work together instead of her always thwarting his, you know, his missions? Yeah. I, because I did agree with like, because at first I'm like, Well, why would she? She's like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, tie it well, to the bed to leg bed. or something. Why did you tie it? Yeah, like, so that must have been a reason for yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I saw. I, I assumed anyway. I don't know. But I did definitely yeah. see it as, like, he's, at this stage in the movie, he doesn't distrust her. At this stage, he is yeah. still maybe I trying think, to work with her. I think everything in this movie is there for a reason. Oh, yeah. No, well, I mean, I don't, what's I Christopher Nolan the, special at? He fucking, everything in yeah. his place for a purpose. I'm sure he spent a lot of time working out why she he ties it to the chair, and I'm sure that was all worked out. Just Dude, imagine notice. let's let's flash forward fucking ten years. Let's say this podcast blows up. We've got millions of listeners, and one day we get to interview Christopher Nolan. Imagine that. Oh my god! How insane! I think I would be starstruck. I'd be like, ah, that, 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 just send him an email and be like, hey, you want to come? And he fucking does. He's like, if you can do it by Zoom, we'll do it. Oh, fucking yeah, we'll do it. (laughs) Fuck yeah, we'll do whatever you want, Mister Nolan. Yes, sir. Please, sir. Kiss your feet. Yeah, yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Oh man, that would be intense. That I, I don't know how. 
I don't know how I'd go about it because me, I think I would, I would have to prepare a shitload of questions like. You have to watch all the movies, every single one. Exactly. And exactly. So hang on, hang on. Okay, we, we need about a year before we can interview you. Yeah, but even then, a lot of the stuff like he he right now is probably not thinking about how he made Inception. So not everything's running through his mind and no. so you'd almost have to go like, hey, like you'd want almost want him to prepare, but you couldn't ask Christopher Nolan to prepare. Hey, do you want to watch the movies again? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, better yet, can we watch them all together with you and we have like our own director's commentary? Like, yeah, can we have a personal director's commentary? Oh, how good would that be? Me? Like proper director's because co- most com- director's commentary is just like directors and writers talking over the movie how good would it be but one for be us how good would it be to love Christopher Nolan movies and like be his nephew or something and you can just like talk to him you just be like hey what is that all about yeah. and just tell you like well hey could you give me a cameo in Tenet <laughs> yeah but I mean more like you just be able to pick his mind like yeah. The family would know so much if they are interested. I would think so. I would Has hope he got so. a wife? I guess he's got a wife. Is he married? I honestly don't know, but I assume so. I assume so. He seems like the kind of person that would be. Let's give it a quick Google, man. I don't know why I assume that, but it feels like he is. I do. I definitely. Yes, because his wife helped in some of the movies. Yeah, I've read that. Because she, she helped him on. Some of the movies, like she's helps produce them and stuff. Emma Thomas is her name. Oh. Emma Thomas Nolan? <laughs> no, I don't know. She must be, she must do good for herself because she didn't take his last name. Yeah, they seem to do that, celebrities. They don't she's take... an English film producer known for frequent collaborations with her husband, obviously. Um, she has producing credits for the Dark Knight trilogy. The Prestige, excellent. Inception, she helped in this movie. Perfect. Interstellar, Dunkirk, Tenet. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so she definitely helps him out. I wonder with what, like, is she, like, a producing credit, but she, like, she's a producing credit for bouncing ideas with each other, you know what I mean? Like, she's, it's like some some truck drivers here, they, they operate their truck with their wife so that they can both just sit in the cab and, like, you know, drive to them and play. So I wonder if she gets a producing credit for being able to bounce, be there to bounce ideas off of, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder. Yeah. I, I don't know how it works, honestly. But, yeah. it's ah, interesting. Yeah, now, my first, my first big thing was, like, why was, you know, like, Cobb, he's looking for the next, you know, someone who was as good as I was, you know. Why Why was yeah. Adri, uh, uh, no, not Adri, it's Ariadne. Um, just call your name fucking Adriana or something, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Adriana. Yeah, I, I man. Fucking Ariadne. Um, why was she so willing to cooperate with the stranger? Like, like I, and I mean, but just before she gets like put in, you know, she's like just talking to him, saying, um, what's this job about? And then she gets put in, but unwillingly, until she figures it out. Like, how How would you not just, like, freak the fuck out and go, like, what the fuck? You just put me in a dream state without my permit? Like, ugh. Yeah. She, she, I guess because it was so intriguing and she's yeah, you're the kind right. of character that's, like, really mm. interested in things. And- you're right. If Doctor Strange came to me right now with all his magical abilities, showed me other universes and stuff like that, I would go along for the ride. 
Like I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be like, hang on a second, is this physically possible? Like there would be no questioning. I'd be like, yeah, no, yeah, I trust you, mate. Let's go. Yeah, and when, when we get introduced to her earlier on, it's like, uh, Com's father is like, Com's sister's father is like, I need an architect who is as good as I was. And it's like, I've got someone better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, of course. Of, of course. course. This wouldn't be a story if otherwise. <laughs> but it also just so happens that she's the perfect companion for Cobb because she gets to understand he's being, like he's got issues, he's got mal that's taking over from inside yeah. in a weird way, but he's not letting others know. But for some reason, maybe it's her feminine energy that she happened to be able to, you know, uh, I don't know, coerce it out of Cobb. Like, look, I understand you got some things going on, you know? I wonder if that helps. Because I definitely find yeah. it much easier opening up to a girl than a guy. I, I find it just infinitely easier because they've got this nurture thing built into them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Guys don't talk certain things to guys, do they? Yeah, not generally. And if I'm given not a compliment, generally. I generally is a backhand compliment. I'm like, man, you did a fucking good job, you dickhead. You know, like whatever <laughs> it is, it's generally yeah. not like a fully like, no, seriously, I really appreciate the work you are doing. And then that's it. There'd have yeah. to be some sort of backhand coming behind it. It has to. But it doesn't have to. It's just what I think has to. <laughs> um, back on that uh, at the start there, they were Saito and... Like he wakes up the first time, or he thinks he has. Oh, yep, yep, yep. And he's like, he's like, your deception was so obvious. And I'm like, was it? <laughs> but, but was, was it? it? <laughs> he's like, nope, he's still dreaming. Yeah, yeah. But the carpet, the carpet, the, the like, oh carpet. He's like, I've laid on this totally... floor, and it's, and it's, uh, he's like, it's a perfect wool, and now this is polyester. <laughs> like yeah. he fucking knew. And then Cobb was pissed off at the architect. Yeah. And, the architect's like, well, I didn't know he was going to fucking touch it. But you should, you, yeah, that's not the point of his job. I know, but I, yeah, I know, but I think certain things will get overlooked. Like, there's so much. Yeah, you're right, you're you right. You don't know what Sato Paid knows. attention to at that time. Yeah. Like, he's like, no, yeah. I know the person who lives across the street from me has a number plate of X, Y, Z. Why is it WZO? That's not right. It's like, why do you know and that? How and like, yeah. how has the architect gone to know that Sato knows the guys across the roads fucking number like yeah you're right there's just so many intricacies that you can't no, even I don't see. think he would have known that he knows his carpet so well like who knows their carpet so well and who knows they know their carpet so well like you don't <laughs> know you know it until you figure out oh wow no this is so obviously distinct from what I know is real like if you show me polyester or wool I'd be like I don't know they're both fucking material yeah they look fucking like know. fucking yarn of some sort Jesus I don't <laughs> yeah. know I mean, I can feel like I feel the same. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think you would feel the difference between polyester. I guess there is wool. a difference. Yeah. One one wool is incredibly soft. I guess so. Side by side. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, you're right. But, side by side, but against like you're just leaning on the one carpet. You wouldn't be able to decipher if this carpet here is. <laughs> yeah. And then it turned out that whole first bit was a a job interview. I'm like, that's an interesting job interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because Saito was looking for them to get them to do this job of implanting the... Kind of like tricking him into an interview. Yeah, it was quite interesting. I liked it. And, I, and I do like as well that Saito refused at first. He's like, no, I don't like your work. 
Yeah, you've done a shit job. You haven't convinced and that, me. And, but then over the course of like the next 10 minutes in the movie, you get like the... Like, oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's interesting. That's so... Such a cool idea. What was the other... What There was a movie where we watched... It might have been the... Oh, no. might not have been on the podcast, but like uh, The Kingsman, I think it was. And like the final test and these guys are like laying on the train track. And the, the whole oh, point yes. of the test is not to survive. The whole point of the test is to make sure you die with the information you've been given. Yeah, don't give it up. Yeah, yeah. so in a weird way, like this test that Cobb was going through, he had to make sure that like, yeah, okay, I may have failed at this time, but in like an hour or in the next level of dream state, I may have fucking earned it through. Like he, he... It looks like Christopher Nolan likes his tests because in Tenet, he's in the train yard, with the suicide mm. pill. That was also a test. Man, I wish I used that as a bloody, <laughs> as an example. <laughs> that's a perfect example. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's why I did it. Because yeah. I'm perfect. Because you're perfect. Okay, God. <laughs> you are Spoon. Okay. Yes, I know. <laughs> uh, you have to tell me I am the Spoon. I know these things. <laughs> what would it be like being a God, but like not knowing it? You have no, no, no. You slowly no, figure I, it out. I am the Spork. I am Spork. <laughs> yeah, even better. More, Sorry, what'd you more say? utility. Um, no, I just want to imagine being like your God, you created everything, right? And then oh. you decide to put yourself on earth as a person and erase your memory of God. You don't remember you were God. Oh you don't remember God. creating. But you are God and you're just walking around going to work. And like, yeah. I wonder what kind of like things and, and incidences that would happen that would then lead to you figuring out how you are God and then how you as a person would try and relate that. and like Because if you are God, you've got powers, yeah. let's say, and then if you forget, and you, yeah, you'd have to relearn. Like, wow, I think that would be a cool movie. I think so too. Even a series, it could go on for a little while. But like, yeah. how... How and would you even God. be the first person to notice? Because maybe you wouldn't notice. Maybe you're married to someone or you've got a partner, and they just notice you have some weird luck, some weird thing. It's like, yeah, you happen to make every train. How do you make every fucking green light? How does that happen for you? And for me, it doesn't. Why? Like, and yes. and then would you piece together? Like, yeah, I'm kind of lucky. And then like a few months later, you're like, hang on a second, I literally just opened the fridge door with my mind. Fuck. <laughs> you know, like how... But if you then realise you are God, can you bring your memories back or would you... Are they just gone forever? Like, oh, like... And then because you're God, would you be able to go, all right, I don't like the outcome of that. Erase this reality, put it back, but together five weeks and ago... And would you become an arsehole because you've now got these powers and... I'd assume you would in a weird way. You'd have this weird arrogance. It's like, I'm better. I'm superior. I'm I'm God. I am Spoon. Done. This is this could be done. Someone who's a good, who would be a good director. Christopher for this. Nolan. Gotta know, would he though? If you're listening, dude, he could do like the ultimate God movie. Like I think he could because he tries to do that, yeah. you know, ultimate spy movie, which is what we're watching or reviewing. He did the yeah, the Tenet, know, which yeah. is like the ultimate time travel movie. Like I don't know. I yeah, uh, I don't know. Be interesting to see what he would do. That is a cool concept, though. I do. I. I. I would love to watch uh, a movie based on that. Like a. Oh, that'd just be so cool. Anyway, anyway. Now, now, how awkward would that conversation be? When Cobb's on the phone to his kids, and his kids like his mummy with you. 
No. And he's like, mate, we talked about this. Yeah. Mummy isn't here anymore. But how, so, like, that would be horrible. Like, that's not nice. Dude, even, dude, oh man, like the, the scene, and they showed it like three times where she jumps off the fucking building, the balcony, and like Cobb's expressions when he's like, no, no, baby, we've we've got our kids, they're here, we can go see them, you just have to get back inside, please get back inside. Like, he did a good job. Didn't he did such a good job, man. And, and she also he did a great job because she's like doing this like, no, no, I don't think this is real. If we just leave, this isn't real. Yeah. if we just go, we're going to go home. This isn't home. And like, oh, man, the oh. fact that they showed it a few times, man, it really, it really hit me. And like you said there, like, is mummy there? Happen. And you're like, no, mummy's gone. And now he's just in saying, no, mummy's gone. We've talked about this. He had to go through the memory of like, yeah, she jumped oh, off and I she did. blah, blah, blah. And the, oh. Yeah, what torment, what torment. And he didn't do it. It was, but he did do it. He, he killed her. He did to save her, but... But he killed her. He ha- yeah. He fucking, he, he spun yeah. the top. Yeah, he had to get her out of there, out of the dream state, but then that, in doing that, made her then believe that nothing was real. Oh. Right. So, like, right. can... So he, he was doing the right thing so, at the So time, they spent fucking in ages in limbo together. Right. But maybe he didn't know because he didn't think Inception was possible. He didn't know that the memory, that that idea would stay with her. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't entirely certain. But either way, he blamed himself. Yeah, so he for, for he naively life. changed a small thing, which ended up changing, changing her whole her personality. Core, yeah, her core belief. But it... But sorry, does that give you innocence just because you were naive? No, like no, obviously it's his fault. But I mean, you could play the blame game, like just like with anyone dying. There's always someone you could blame. Always, always something, someone, yourself, anyone, yep. something. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, they shouldn't have been doing bloody dream sharing in the first place, probably. No. You know, it's illegal and stuff, so the probably shouldn't have been... And bloody Adrian... Uh, Ad- God damn it. I'm just going to call her Adrian from now on. Adrian, yeah. um, she says... Well, she is a, she is a he now, so... Oh, that's true. <laughs> we dead named her. Shit. Oh, no. Sorry, guys. Anyway, whatever. He... Yeah, fuck, I Page. just did it again, man. Anyway. Do you know her name? Na- 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 his name... Elliot. It wasn't Elliot to start with. It's Ellen Page. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's Elliot Page. That's all right. At least we got that part right. Not to be me or anything, but I do. I just kind of think I kind of think silly. It's like, just be who you want to be. Yeah. You don't need to be a he or a she or a. Just be. I think people put too much onto like you were born and the doctor said you were a female and you're like, oh, well, now I'm a female. I must do this, this, and this. It's like, no, that's your biology. Yeah, Yeah, that's what your biology is. Now, what is your personality? You can have short hair. You can do whatever you want. Just just be you. Just be you. You are female and you are you. Yeah. But what. don't mean. Yeah. No, I I think. Unless you're going to have a sex change or something that might be different. The whole sex change thing is just too intent. far, man. It's like... Just be you. Be, exactly. And don't make it a big deal, like showboater and post on fucking Instagram, all this shit. Like, don't uh. do any of that. Be you. Like you said, just do you, man. Fuck. 
No, anyway, look, what I was going like to say, what she was going to say. I, I do I do like her as an actor. I've, I remember first discovering her in bloody Juno. I watched that with my ex and oh, yeah. she was like, you know, this quirky, cool chick, which was nice. Uh, and then I saw her in, what was it, Underbrella, uh, Un, Umbrella Academy? Oh, uh, yeah. She's the violinist. Yeah. and she, yeah, yeah. I thought she was There's quite cool in that. There's a second season coming out. No, I, I agree. I think she's a pretty good actor. I haven't. Uh, he, God damn it! Give me some time. Well, at, at the time of this movie, she was a she. She was a she. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna go with at the time of this movie. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and because she played a she in this, her yes, character is she. Be a she. So. It's, it's gonna be. Yeah. So now, anyway, uh, there was a part where she. I know, I know. Anyway, uh, Ariadne. Uh, no offense, men. <laughs> yeah, no offense, men and women. Um, <laughs> no, meant, meant, I don't I know. know how to say. Yeah, no, no offense intended. Yeah, no, yeah, and none taken. Hopefully. Uh, so she <laughs> says to uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character Arthur. Thank you. Um, she That's says okay. to him, yeah, yeah, I was just thanking myself. <laughs> she goes, I don't know if you don't see what's going on or if you're choosing not to see, but Cobb has some secrets hidden down there, buried deep, and I'm not about to just open my mind to someone like that. And that's obviously when Very she wise. first meets Mal. Uh, but I like how she says, and she so accurately goes like, you yeah, know, Cobb has got some fucking issues, some demons, some things that, you all don't understand. And later on, she says to Cobb, like, these people have no idea the risk they've taken coming in here with you. They have no idea. Like, I love how she, like, fucking cuts to the point, like, you fucked up by letting these people take risks coming in here with you. Yeah. Like, how far... Oh, yeah, no, I, I like her character in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, back earlier on when they, uh, when Cobb's showing her the first time, and stuff and they're sitting at the cafe yep out in the street there he's like you never really remember the beginning of a dream do you you always end up right in the middle of what's going on but how true is that though do you ever remember how you got to where you were in a dream you're just there yeah. aren't you but that, that is actually kind of true I think I never really thought about it but I don't think I ever remember how any of my dreams start I just remember the bit when I woke up with the weird bit. Or... But d is there ever a yeah. start to the dream? Does the does the does dream, dream exist just, before yeah. the thing happens? It's just a parallel universe that we're tapping into. Because uh, I asleep. almost don't see that <laughs> there probably was not a beginning of the dream. There was. It didn't happen. It just is. You, yeah, your brain is creating storylines for you to follow while you're asleep. And there is always an up. Like, there's no, like, lull to the story. There's no, like, all right, now we're just going to sit here for it's five minutes. It's always the weird rocking. It's yeah. never... It's never... It's, it's the moment I showed up at school not wearing my pants. But... but no, you don't know how you got them. No, just, I don't there. remember not putting them on, but I, I started the dream. I walk into class and I'm just in my undies, you know? Like, yeah, that's what happens yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the start of the dream literally was you walked in with no clothes on. yeah. But it's nothing led up to that. Yeah. There was no, like you say, I didn't get dressed. Like I didn't even. 
the it's always the occurrence, just, yeah. isn't it? It's always the thing. It's never yeah. there's never any lead up because that's already been explained. But it hasn't been explained. You've assumed no, it it's been is. yeah. Exa- well, that's the better way to put it. It just but is. it's funny because your mind doesn't even when you're in a dream, your mind doesn't even work the way of God. Want to have the breakfast? Like there is no thought. It is just now. This is happening to me now. Yeah, there's no like I better prepare and cook dinner for later tonight. It's <laughs> it's like there's no oh I'm dreaming and there's no Yeah. It's always happening. Oh, I've got to get home to do my home to go home after school and go to Stevens or there's no no, nothing. It just is. It's strange. It's strange. And we still don't understand yeah. what's fucking going on either. Now, how good was that scene, though, just after that, when there's things exploding in the street and those bits that are exploded are now exploding further. It's a little bit, yeah. Like a little bit. Yep. And those bits, like, oh, my God, yep. that was so spectacular. Yes. That effect was perfect. Like, that looks so good. It looks so well done. I think it's it's actually better than Doctor Strange in a way for me because it's... Mm. Like just like you know, Doctor Strange, the like the world's folding and all that type of effect. This is doing something similar, except it looks more realistic, less cartoony. It's more like the the bunch of flowers would pop, and then the petals would pop into thousands of petals, and then like it, it was, it, yes. it looked much more applicable to my life <laughs> in a weird way. No, so, I did like that. On that though, I got a trivia here. Yeah. So. In spite of this movie's extensive surreal effect sequences, the majority of the visual effects throughout the movie, such as the Penrose stairs, the rotating hallways, etc., etc., they were created through practical methods. Yep. Not through the use of computer imagery. And this movie only has around 500 visual effects shot, as opposed to most other visual effects epics which can have upwards of 2,000 visual effects shots. Damn. So it's quite a practical movie in terms of effects and stuff. Yeah. I don't know how they did the exploding scene, um, but it was probably a lot of practical stuff and then just overlaying camera shots and stuff probably. Yeah, that would be my advice. I don't think it was CGI explosions, but maybe it was. Well, but either way, they look fantastic. I, I I think the what we were just talking about with the pedals, like the the things exploding into smaller versions, that was definitely maybe it was a combination. But whether or not it was like the, they recorded on a green screen, thousands of pedals oh, yeah. being exploded, and then overlaid that. Like, yeah, I, I think it's really hard to tell. But either way, it looked perfect. Real. Like it looked, I don't think you can make it look any more real. Even her folding over the city on top of itself. That wasn't bad. That was like excellent. And then like... Apart from the bit where they walk up the wall, that looked a bit... <laughs> well, I guess I they know, had to change gravity for a second, didn't they? Like, Yeah, it just looked a bit strange. Like, Is that strange because we can't walk up walls uh, right now and we're not used to it? Like that's how it well, would yeah, be. What I if, don't know, but it was... What if that's like 100% was, accurate, but we've never experienced it, so yeah. it does look wrong to us? Yeah, but it was kind of funny because it was like they both didn't say anything and just walked together perfectly up the wall. Like it just felt a bit. Well, I don't know. I it kind of saw something. Off. See, I felt something was like it unsaid there. Bad. Like she like looked at him like, "Can I?" 
You know, like, will it work? You know what I mean? Like, let's do it together. Uh, not, not so much that part, but yeah, yeah. No, like, I felt like she like looked at him like a. I feel like, like a, maybe. Uh, let's go. Maybe it should have been more like he's never done this before, because he's probably never thought to try that. She should just go and gun home, walk up the wall, and then he's like, and he uh, had like so had sure. to follow kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's like not so sure about it. I don't know, but. It, uh, yeah, maybe it's because we've never seen this happen in real life. Yeah. But I don't know, just something felt a little bit strange to me, but maybe that was intentional. Maybe, yeah. Dude, I forgot Tom Hardy was in this movie. Not going to lie. Oh, yeah. I was just like um, watching, I'm like, what the fuck, Bane and Venom? What the fuck? <laughs> and another reason why we like this movie so much is because they say in the dream... The mind functions faster, so time feels slower. Yep, yep. So it's time manipulation. Yep, yep. Like time travel, That's another ex- reason why we like exactly, this Exactly, exactly, another reason. Anything time, just give it to me. I'll watch them all. I'll watch, I'll watch any <laughs> movie about fucking time, practically. I don't care if there's shit, just I'll watch them. <laughs> I wonder. And then also he tells uh, Ariadna, never build from memory. Because it's the easiest way to lose grasp of reality. I like that whole scene. That makes sense as well. And then also she's like, this reminded me of Doctor Strange. You know how he first uses the eye of Agumoto before reading the warnings? Yeah, yeah. At the end. So I'm like, Comp, so Comp doesn't warn Ariadna about his subconscious attacking her. He just lets it happen. It's like, I feel like you should have given other warnings before. Yeah. Bad things happen, not after. But maybe that's how you learn, you know, because... Yeah, I guess it depends on... He obviously thought that was the right move for her. Like, because some people, for them to learn how to swim, you have to throw them in the water. It just reminded me of Dr. Strange was like, don't leave the warnings at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, put the warnings first. They should have been first. Uh-huh. And, and in big, bold writing. <laughs> and maybe red. I wonder why there's only three layers of dreams and, the, and then limbo. I want to know. I want to know why he chose three. Well, so hang on. Is the, the fourth layer wasn't... It was only limbo because they killed themselves in the third one. Wasn't it? How did they get from third to fourth? I thought they had to... Because Saito was... His heart had stopped. So therefore he was dead, so he went to limbo. So how did they get to limbo? Did they just go to sleep and plug in or? Well... I can't remember what happened in the movie. How? Because <laughs> Saito was there because he died in the third one. Yeah, so he went to limbo. But they didn't die. They just plugged into the machine, didn't they? But I think you can have a... Ch- I f- yeah, because yeah. I kind of felt like they chose to go to Limbo instead of dying and going to Limbo like Sato did. Because I thought the only way to Limbo was through dying while being so heavily sedated. Yeah, well, heavily, because you won't wake up. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. That that wasn't, there's a bit of a potentially a hole there, isn't No, there? but we may have missed something. I, 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 in, may, in this case, I feel sure. like 
Christopher Nolan is a, a step ahead of us. <laughs> he thought of that. He's already worked out what is limbo and how do you get there. I'm sure he's already sussed that all out. Yeah. That wouldn't have been overlooked, but we obviously didn't. Because I was under the impression you have to die, and I don't remember exactly how Cobb and Ariadna went into limbo. Well... They just plugged into the machine again, didn't they? Yeah, but I thought... Or did something else happen? I thought that originally was that he... Oh, no, because I, I kind of felt like that was an, a different area. He just created a dream that they, they didn't actually go to Limbo. They decided to, like, he created an area with... No, no, not the Sato part, separate. No. Because uh, Ari, Ariadne doesn't see Sato in Limbo ever. No, just now. Yeah, so the, the elevator oh, scene, I don't think no. that's Limbo. So we weren't in Limbo yet because... I think I'd have to watch the ending again. Yeah, something was going on there. Anyway, what was your totem be? Mm, my. If you had to make a totem. Hmm. If I had to make a totem. What would you do? <laughs> Especially weighted joint. <laughs> <laughs> no. A big lighter, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, no, that's a good point. I think I'd have to machine it up myself. I would want something very unique to me, but I don't know what it so would you, be. you would make a unique object. You wouldn't, like, modify something like she did with the chest piece or... No, yeah, no, I like think that. I'd make my own, yeah. I th but I don't that know what. I don't know where I'd start. It'd probably just be a random shape because I'd worry that if I picked a chest piece or something like that, it's kind of obvious. Maybe I could have a little calculator that doesn't work like a normal calculator. And no one else knows this but me. Yeah, no one else knows how it works but you. Does I guess, yeah. a special calculator does a special thing. To anyone else, it looks like a normal calculator, but to me, it's secret. It's got a secret code or... Mm. I, I don't know. <laughs> and also, a question I had. What if you're already in a dream, you don't know it, and then you create your totem in the dream. And the whole time you've been in a dream, but you didn't know. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Well, is that like the God, but God doesn't know he's God while living the life? Yeah, like imagine if Cobb, the whole time we see him, even at the start, even when he's supposedly back in the real world, that's always been limbo his whole life. Not Limbo, it's been a dream his whole life. Yeah. And when he first created the totem, he was in a dream when he created that. But the person he dreamed they are in, would they then know exactly what his totem is? Or hmm. like, does that break it? Because that... you're not your subconscious shouldn't know, should they? Like I'm conf I don't know how much this totem thing makes sense now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Only in this situation, like, if you're not in a dream to start with, it makes sense. Yeah. But if you were in a dream when you created it, and you didn't know, could that be bad? I think it might. Uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Hey, um, I just I just sent you a quick picture, 
in Messenger. Go have a look at that. I think you'll find it very interesting. You might have heard it come through. Yeah, I did. I heard a little Ding. ding. Right, Look how this, this picture explains what limbo is compared to the four layers. Uh, what do we got? We got level one, two, three, four. And then limbo is like underneath it. Where's limbo on the map? I can't see. Because all these characters go down. He stays up there. That guy, that guy, that guy. Well, yeah, limbo's underneath. How interesting is how interesting is this picture to so try and Cobb picture went on his own. So number four is before Limbo. Because number four Hang on, what's number one? So number one's the van. No, I think we're thinking about it slightly differently. And what I mean is I don't Two think there's only four levels of dreams. I think I think it's you could be inside a dream and create another dream and create another dream to infinity. But we just happen to have only got to four dreams within one dream. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Limbo is independent, but then how do you get to Limbo? Because I thought... Cobb had to have got there. I thought Saito got there because he died. That's what I... Yeah. So how do you enter Limbo? Where is Saito on this map? He's orange. Orange. So number three is the snow. Fortress Stone, yeah. Yeah. So then yeah. what is number four? Four is the dream. Cobb's Cobb dream. and Mal's yeah, dream. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Made. Number four is the yeah. elevator. But I thought they built that in Limbo, that whole city with that water. See, I didn't think they had li- built that in Limbo. I thought that that was like a, that was one of the dream levels that they had. Because I thought in Cobb said, why in Limbo they built and kept building them. See, I don't know if that was... Yeah. I honestly, I, I'm i not certain so that that was... So according to this, you could be in level one and go to Limbo. Yeah. But, so but that's by dying the, in in that's level one, but only under sedation. And I don't think Cobb and... Mal. Because they're showing, they're showing here yeah. that only Cobb went into Limbo at the end. At the very but end. But I thought he went with Ariadna. Because they were both in level four. I know Thor's the dream city. So Ariadna did go with him down to four. But not to Limbo. But not to Limbo. Yeah. So Thor was not Limbo. Limbo was something else. That's See, I, did, I thought that. So, I, how did Cobb, uh, so how did Cobb go from Thor to, to Limbo? limbo. Where, how did that happen? Because he, he stayed around. Maybe, he waited with her, with Mal, and sent a, a Ariadne away. Back. Now, at that point, what did he do? Did he kill himself? Did he wait because he knew that the world was going to crush around him because of the van crashing into the water in the first reality? Is it because everyone else woke up and he didn't? So that shouldn't matter, though. Can you, once you've been to Limbo, maybe you can... So maybe they believe that when you go to Limbo, you don't come back, but that's not actually how it is. At... From their understanding, they're like, no, no, no one ever comes back from Limbo. But they've just figured out that they they can come back to Limbo. If they don't get a kick, they can't wake up. So, But how did they both wake up in the plane? How did both Sato and Cobb both wake up in the plane? Because 
they stayed for 50 years in Dreamworld. Oh, until they stayed the, the until entire the, time. Until, until the effects of the sedation wore off. Yeah, but is it 50 years in Limbo? Like, Limbo is an infinite. It could be... A, they don't know the time span. They only know the time span of the dream layers. Yeah, so they might have been there for thousands of years or whatever. Yeah. Because by the time he got to Saito, Saito was an old man. Yes. And luckily, Saito hadn't forgotten about the deal. Luckily. That's the only re- And only because he hadn't forgot is the reason why both could get out as well. Because the worry was is that he forgot the deal. Mm. If you're stuck in limbo for so long. Yeah, so that question of limbo wasn't probably either we missed stuff or maybe because Cobb's been there once, he can go back there at will because he knows what it's like. I I don't know. Yeah, see, that makes me think Cobb is like special in a way. Like he's, he he knows a way out or something. You know what I mean? Like, because, yeah, because... I think I'd have to watch that ending again to really. I kind of want to watch this movie again, but with this illustration in front of me. Yeah. So then I. So on, on that illustration, though, I've got a bit of trivia here. I don't know if you saw that or not, but um, in an effort to combat confusion, television broadcasts in Japan included text in the upper left corner of the screen. To remind viewers which level of the dream they were in. What? That no, don't do that. They did. Oh. <laughs> I know don't do that, but I'm just saying they did. Now look, I could understand. Cut down with their Japanese viewers. Yeah. Like, come on. Look, I could kind of understand if you made it like you know, if you go to level one, there's like a bluish hue to everything, and then level two, there's kind of a yellowish hue. But that's like, that's the artistry yeah, of the movie. That's signifying that's got nothing something. Nothing to do with. Putting a fucking dream level one in the top channel ten, yeah, channel ten. Like, you know, Gavi was not smart enough, so we're going to put. I didn't have too much trouble following that anyway. No, I didn't. Maybe maybe Japanese culture they think differently. Well, maybe because they we do left to right text and they do differently. So you know what I mean. Like maybe maybe just that simple change makes it just so much harder to even understand. Maybe I don't fucking I don't know. And did you also know that um, Warner Brothers executives approached Christopher Nolan about making this movie in 3D, but he refused the idea, claiming it would distract from the storytelling yes. experience. Yes. 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 That would have focused on 3D, and that would have just ruined it, I think. The more and more I think... I kind of wish Christopher Nolan had written and directed Avatar. And in 3D, yeah. Like, no, fuck 3D for Avatar. Fuck 3D? I don't give a fuck about 3D. I'm more, uh, yeah, I more mean, true. like, because that's what's important. The story. That is crucial. Whereas I kind of feel like Avatar, as great as I do believe it is, it's more appealing. It doesn't, it's not necessarily intricate. You know what I mean? It just yeah. looks cool. Hmm. Anyway, anyway, not to shit on bloody, uh, uh, was it something Cameron? What's his name? Fuck. Fuck. Anyway. James Can Cameron. About- the oh. director. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know that uh, Infinite Staircase? I actually built 
That staircase yes, was really... Yes, yeah, no, no. I'd, not, not, not fully functional. Isn't but, it the know. Penrose? Yeah, yeah the Penrose Yeah, the Penrose yeah. staircase. Yeah, yeah um, but you can see, if you look really closely at the movie, at where there's the overlap of the staircases, you can just see a slight parallax in the camera. You can see that it's it's not actually... Yeah, yeah. You can see... you got to look carefully, though. you got to know what you're looking Because at first, when they do the couple laps of it, it looks pristine and oh, then they stand so up good. the top and then it, like the camera scrolls down kind of like it, it goes you down just make it yeah. out no, that's but, yeah it's pretty cool i do like the practical and, side of that I, w- I would hope when they build something like that they wouldn't destroy it and they would like put it in i don't know the fucking the opening to a massive building or something you know as like a piece yeah. of artwork it's so cool. i remember watching the special features a while ago mm-hmm. and when they built the stairs they had to it was really tough to build it and make it strong enough to support itself while looking so thin and delicate. Yeah. Because it was like in the middle of the, the building, like it was, yeah, and you don't want to see like scaffolding everywhere. No, no. So it, it was quite a challenge to get it to balance uh, and stuff. Throw millions of dollars at it, it'll come. And to make it so people can walk on it without it fucking collapsing, you know. And it's surprising that because it's got so little, like, bracing, it's surprising it's not jiggling around and not, like, unstable. No, like, the only unstableness was from the camera wobbling slightly. But that's about it. Mm. Stairs were solid, pretty bloody solid. They could almost hung the stairs from the roof, you know what I mean? You could have. It had thin cables, yeah, yeah. Anyway. That wouldn't be hard to uh, crop out. That would be... yeah. But what I do like is that they showed us the staircase, then he uses it later on to get the to kill that. Yeah, yeah. To push that thug off the staircase. But do you, well, see, I almost thought it that was a bit corny yeah. in a weird way. Like because he yeah. used it earlier, of course he was using it later. Like but, but it's like the shotgun. It's like if you see the shotgun at the start, you need to use need it. to use the shotgun. Yeah. Otherwise you're leaving viewers like, oh well, why didn't they uh, yeah, no, because at so that time like that. we were inside his dream, so he could change. Like he was the architect, sorry, so he could yeah, change that it. Was Because I was kind of hoping she would use it at Ariadne. Oh yeah, that was that's yeah. But we weren't ever in her dream, yeah. so obviously we can't. Oh no, we were in her dream for the first layer. One of them. One of them was her dream. Yeah, because they almost had to have an architect with them, so they had multiple architects, didn't they? Yeah. She designed some of the other levels, but but she wasn't in control of it no. until whichever layer she was supposed to be in control of. I don't know what that was. There was a really nice moment between her and Cobb where, like, she asked Cobb, she's like, why can't you go home? And Cobb goes, because they think I killed her. Yeah. And then he says, and- he's like, thank you. And she's like, for what? He's like, for, for not asking whether I did or not. Like how, I could only imagine the torment he's going. He knows, look, he didn't push her off the ledge, right? But he kind of does know that he's guilty. Yeah. But the last thing he needs is for everyone around him to be asking him, did you fucking do it? Did you do it? Was he you cunt? Like you don't need any of that. You could, I could sort of get someone saying, like you didn't do it, like, you didn't do it, did you? Like, but that's still asking, isn't it? It is, it is. But it's not as bad as saying, did you do it? You know what? I don't know why. It's, this it's just... less of the two, but it's still shit. Yeah. 
<laughs> it just popped in my mind. Like I, I'll joke about, I'll, yeah. I'll say some pretty fucked up things only for the funny. And like yeah. I used to, uh, I said this thing, this was a while back, uh, but like my parents' old dog Angus, back when I lived with them, you know, we, we, you'd be up the top of the stairs trying to go down the stairs and he'd be waiting for you to go, but he'd then go and he'd like, he was like flinching and like he'd get in your fucking way. So I'd kick him down the stairs. Now, I don't actually kick him down the stairs, all right? But I will say <laughs> that I kicked him down the stairs because I think it's funny and ov- obviously I'm not going to fucking kick him down the stairs. I would, however, nudge him so he would start walking down the stairs first, then I could go. But it's funnier for me to go like he's like, oh, he's trying to cut in front of me, so I just kick him down the stairs. <laughs> but I hope no one thinks that I literally kicked my fucking dog. Like I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but it's just funnier, you know? Yeah. Um, so when they first... Go to the guy about the sedation. Yeah. And they go downstairs to see the other old people yeah, under sedation. Yeah, all the people in there. And, and it's like the dream has become their reality. Who are you to say otherwise? Ooh, I love that. I like that. I That's really like that. It's quite deep. Because it's even this reality, you know, like let's say we've got people who've got like schizophrenia. Like you can't tell them they're not experiencing what they're experiencing because they are. Yeah. But who are you to say the dream's better? That they shouldn't be in the dream, like they can do what they want, mate. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Quite deep. This is almost bloody ready player one territory where it's Yeah. yeah like escaping yeah. reality and going into this other place, whether it be a dream or a virtual reality. It's like a escapism. We don't want to be here, so let's go somewhere else. Did you did you work out why when they go into the first layer, why it's raining? The first layer. Yeah, when they go, when the train comes through the road and it's raining and they're in the taxi. Do you know why it's raining? No, no. When they first go in there, uh, is it Eames? Eames says to the other guy, couldn't you have peed before you went under? So he needed to go to the toilet. Yeah, but was that a joke or was that real? No, that's why it was raining. No, but like, was he joking to him, you know? No, because he was annoyed that it was raining. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that's why he said, couldn't you have peed before? Yeah, okay. Just because now it's raining. That's quite funny. I like that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what that was. Dude, la- later on, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Cillian Murphy, who plays Robert Fisher, he says something quite funny where like they, they rock up at the, uh, th- they've gone to the third level, you know, the the snow base. Um, yeah. And he's like, couldn't someone have dreamt up a goddamn beach? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> How funny is that? <laughs> Why is it in the snow? Uh, uh, and then also, bit earlier on, where, where the, the first bit where they're shooting the other, what are they called? The, they're not people. What are they? The, the imaginary people. Uh, projections. Know, projections. Yep. So that first layer with the taxi and the train and all that, when they're shooting at him, and Eames comes up to the other guy with his gun shooting at him, and he says, you mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a grenade launcher. That was so funny. He does say it, though, a little bit too fucking annoying. He goes, never be oh, yeah. afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. Like he says yes, something yes. weird like that, and I found that a bit weird. But no, the idea of that, it's like funny, this guy shooting like bullets it. at him, and then he pulls out a fucking grenade launcher, like, yeah, sick. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, oh, yeah. Not bad. <laughs> not bad. Uh, and also, around that time, 
that's when they all find out about the if they die in the dream, they're going to die in real life. Yeah. Or go into limbo. Because he didn't tell them about the uh, being put yeah. under. Uh, and I'm like, again, Doctor Strange, warnings first. <laughs> you need the warnings first, people. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, but then they wouldn't do it. I get it. Yeah, but, yeah exactly. They wouldn't have jumped still, in. It just reminds me of that. I love that scene. <laughs> I was about two thirds through the movie, and I had this thought: like, I was trying to imagine this whole movie without Mal entirely. Like, like we still have the diving into dreams, trying to you know infiltrate Inception and Extraction. We got all of that. It would still work, but it wouldn't be, yeah. I was wondering how necessary Perhaps. she is because it definitely, it makes it harder to extract some information because she gets in the way of things. But they didn't use her that much as a thing in the way, did they? She really wasn't that much in the way. Like, it no. wasn't, they didn't have to beat her in any way, you know? It, except the, the end. I was just about to say, up, except for but... Cobb by, by himself, it she only mattered to him in a weird way. Like, it didn't really affect yeah. anything else too much. Uh, sometimes it did, but... And, um, the way they explain the movie throughout is through Ariadne being the rookie. Like, she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. So she asks questions. Yeah. And everything is explained through her learning. Which is like a common thing that some movies do. Yeah, instead of like using like a narrator, the they get yeah, yeah. You got the rookie who's learning, and that's that's how the audience is shown mm. through her learning, and yeah. Do you do you think for um like because you know like Mao keeps intercepting things and being annoying because Cobb is like he's like keeping her alive in his dreams, but not. She's not yeah. alive. It's his version of Mao. And because he keeps giving power to his version of Mao, she now has power in his mind. Like, I think she was a nothing. She was a memory that Cobb created. But then yeah, he, kept, he just kept her alive, kept feeding it. her, kept not feeding, but you know what I mean, giving it attention, giving yeah, this. Yeah, should have forgotten about it. And then eventually, over time, this... Mao starts being a conscious memory. She starts being a thing inside his mind. Like, Well, actually, he's probably self-sabotaging. Well, I think it is because that's what it that's, is. Him. he says something at the start or... or so, no, It's not her at all. It's just him. Yeah. Because she's dead. Like, all it takes is one small his, idea. So his subconscious, in a way, was fighting his own, what he's trying to do. He's yeah. fighting himself. So Mao, because he's got Mao's not turmoil. Mao, that's him. So at all times, whenever we're seeing Mao, we're seeing it's Cobb's him. subconscious of some it's sort. His, yeah, it's his view of her. It's, and because he, yeah, exactly. So because he views her as like trying to hurt and m slow things down or whatever, he's over time created that. Yeah. And like you said, he probably should have just forgotten about her. Well, or dealt with his problems. <laughs> Yeah, I don't mean forget about his wife who died. No, I mean, forget about the, the memory issues. that he has created. Yeah. Yeah. No, do, deal with his issues. <laughs> you go see a psychiatrist, cunt. Fuck. Yeah, like, fuck me. Seriously. Mm. Um, uh, and how, what did you think about the the scene where he's in the hallway and the gravity keeps changing? Yes. That was so well that done. That was literally my next note, cunt. Like, all of the, yeah. any of the scenes where 
what's happening in the previous dream level affects the it's gravity affected, on yes. the one they're in is perfect. I fucking love that shit. Because that's inception. Exactly. It's a dream within a dream. Exactly. Yeah. You got the fucking, the van, the raining, Arthur is like jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character running around the fucking hallway kicking ass. It's like, it's so fucking cool. Did they actually build that hallway? Yeah, the rotating hallway. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of work. Like, that's a big machine. How much? Not working on that. Like, it's not even necessary. You're not helping civilization at all. To make it a cool fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, but it's necessary. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you doing at, yeah, at work today? Uh, oh, just making a whole way that can turn around do 360s. Oh, so you're not curing cancer right now? Okay. No, okay. no. <laughs> you know? I'm not building a building or anything. We just, yeah. You're not making it easier for other people to live? No, you're this, just this, making profit for yourself? Okay. okay. This crazy movie guy called Christopher Nolan, yeah. he, he asked us to build this weird contraption I don't know why but just paying for it so we're gonna imagine taking part in building something like this but not caring where it's being used like imagine you're like uh, you're the engineer you built this spinning rotating hallway and then like once you've finished it you're like nah I don't want to be on set when it's being filmed nah I don't care whatever nah I don't care I would be like I want to see every fucking moment of it you know (laughs) yeah I'm sure they were interested you wouldn't hire people you are passionate about it. No, but, you would think anyway. You would think. But also sometimes just because someone's not passionate doesn't mean they don't like the job they do. No, that's not oh, yeah. right. I don't mean passionate. What do I mean? No, but I mean like someone, just because someone isn't enthusiastic about them doing their job doesn't mean they do a bad job at the job. Like, Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Just because this person might not want to see it being used or might not want to right. hear about how it gets put into place, like, yeah, whatever. No, I, I enjoyed making it, but the rest of it, yeah, whatever. I think I would want, if I was a director, I would want them to, like, it's think probably of a little bit of a positive, of, yeah. Yeah, to be thinking of what else they could do or, yeah, that's a lot of work, though. That's so much money. In. And I think the zero gravity looked really good too. I mean, I know it was probably in a harness. Yeah, yeah, swinging around but shit, still, but it did a good job. It worked. It fucking it looked nice. It didn't look like it was a dude on a swing. <laughs> I just thought it was weird, like, you know, Sato growing old and having to come back. And it's, I thought it was almost cool to think that you could have a much longer life living through dreaming. Like, I'd do like, that. You could almost. But also, like, let's say you're trying to build something or research a topic or whatever, you have you have way more time to get the thing done because you can use dream. Imagine if you could go into the dream world but still access the real world, like the internet or something, oh, and yeah. still be able to have that research see, information. See, I was thinking more of like like 3D manufacturing. So like, let's say you wanted a 3D mold or something. You could go into the dream world the and dream imagine world. it up and then go back and go, no, I've seen it. It goes like this. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. No, that would be cool. What do you got, man? Uh, so at the end, the spinning top is left spinning. Yeah. And they turn away and they go to him running to his kids. Or attending to his kids. Yep. And that just gets left off. Yep. Spinning continuously. Or is it? Or is it? Now, during it, first of all, what do you think it is? Well, I mean, I think 
that it was going to it's... fall over, but that's because I want yeah. hope. I don't know if that's what it is. Okay, so that's, I think it falls over too. Yeah. But, so during an interview with Christopher Nolan, uh, hang on, during an interview, writer, producer, and director Christopher Nolan, yeah, that's what I said, uh, he addressed the ending, saying that he believes Cobb makes it home to his children, although it's open to interpretation by the viewer. He further claimed that the point of not seeing whether or not the top stops spinning is that Cobb no longer obsesses over his dreams. So the focus is he doesn't care about that anymore. Oh, I like that. That's the symbol. That's what it means. It doesn't mean like, oh, are we in reality anymore? No, no. This, the point of it is that Cobb that spun it matter. and it now doesn't matter to him. He walked away from it. So he didn't need to see the outcome. He didn't care anymore. Yeah, but what if he didn't care anymore, but this was the dream world? <laughs> well, that's right. That's why I guess that leaves open a bit. And also, whether the final scene is reality or dream has been one of the most discussed conundrums of this movie. And also there was an, an answer from Sir Michael Caine uh, in August 2018 during um, his speech at a film screening or something. Something, something. Anyway, he says when he got the script for reception, he was a bit puzzled by it and said to Christopher Nolan, I don't understand where the dream is. When is it the dream and when is it reality? Uh, Nolan said, well, you're in the scene. But he says, well, when you're in the scene, it's reality. So whenever um, okay. Michael Caine is in a scene, that's reality. And that's coming from the director, so we need to, we need to heed those yeah, words. Right? We need to, yep, okay. Okay. Oh, so if, no. If it, it's reality. No, that makes if sense. If not in it, it's a dream. Yeah, no, I kind of get that because he was there waiting to pick up Cobb from the airport. He was there in the final scene. Yeah. Uh, and he was there when he, uh, Ariadne gets first introduced. And it's in the final scene, so therefore... All right, reality. using that, the math works out, it's reality. I'm settled. <laughs> I don't need to open to uh, interpretation. I believe yeah. it fell over. But also, yeah. while because I was fucking, I was watching that bloody spinning top like a hawk. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. and it's like turning I'm and tossing, but you could see it slowing down. So I was like, yep, yeah, that's enough for me. Yeah, and there is one bit here where it could be kind of discounted, but um, not counting flashbacks, Cobb's wedding ring only appeared in scenes where he is dreaming. Many times in the movie, the scenes cut just before Cobb's left hand becomes into the air. At the airport, I think he's still got his ring on. There was another note I saw that, that that's one bit I think is, hmm. um, maybe that's just a continuity error. Yeah. But at the airport, I think now, that one bit. If I was trying to prove on. that it wasn't, that he was still in a dream, I would be grasping onto that bit of evidence so hard. Yeah. I'd be like, no, 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 it is though, because the ring, remember, it wasn't shown in blah blah blah, but that could have just been yeah. an accident that 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 might not have been as important. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's... So where do you settle? Like, do we know for certain that when his reign is written, that's a dream or not? Like, no, no, no. It was never said, so... But it also was never said know. by bloody Christopher Nolan, so... Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah I, I would trust the director. All more, right, so we're on the same page then. He's the director, I mean. Well, I mean, yeah, and he's the writer. He's the director-writer. It's not like he's directing someone else's work. It's his work too, you know? Like, Yeah, I, I would definitely believe him. So um, have you got any other notes? I've got a couple more trivia. Uh, bounce off the trivia and then I'll ask my question that has absolutely nothing to do with this movie specifically. All right, so I'm going to do this one now, which is... Uh, once Leonardo DiCaprio was cast, he spent months with Christopher Nolan working on the script. Nolan stated he made some extraordinary contributions to the script and really challenged me to make the script clear, but also to follow its interior logic and really be true to the essence of the characters and the rules we set out. Nolan's wife and producing partner said that the work DiCaprio did on his character with Chris made the movie less of a puzzle and more of a story of character uh, more of a character audiences could relate to. Um, so obviously Leonardo had a lot of influence on the characters and mm. stuff like that which I thought was interesting. I find that very interesting. I do. I think I think the fact that they both have both Christopher Nolan and his wife have oh. such high words to say about what DiCaprio helped with. Like, I think... I think I really think DiCaprio was a very good actor and very smart, and I, I think he's a good actor. I do too. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I think in the things I'm thinking of right now, it's funny, I only have three movies coming to my mind. Catch Me If You Can, The Revenant, and this. All right, maybe bloody uh, was a Wolf of Wall Street. God damn it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyway, yeah. like... Uh, I'm trying to tell like, except I can't... I, I, really never, I never watched that. <laughs> Could have watched it, but I know the scenes. <laughs> I've been told... My, my dad was like, you've got to watch it. It's Titanic. And then, it's, then I asked him, yeah. is the movie good? He's like, no, nah, it's not that good. I'm like, what the fuck then? <laughs> <laughs> but it's Titanic. Uh, yeah. uh, I got a three little, little Easter... Yeah, run them off. Easter eggs, little... So if you take the first letters of the main characters, Dom, Robert, Eames, Arthur, Mal, and Soto, they spell dreams. <laughs> if you add Peter, Ariadne, and Yusuf, the whole makes dreams pay, which is what they do for a mind thief. Dreams pay. I hate that so much. I... I <laughs> Either it needed to be more obvious or that shouldn't have been there. You know what I mean? Uh, 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 I got another one. I got another oh, one. All right, yeah. I'm going to ruin this movie for you. <laughs> the movie's runtime goes for two hours and 28 minutes. This is a reference to the original length of Edith Faith's song, the song they play throughout, which lasts on its first recorded edition, two minutes and 28 seconds. So they're connecting to the song by... But what what importance does that song have to dreams and shit? Like, uh, I think there, and there was more to that song, but I never... I didn't write it down, but yeah, there was... Okay. There is some There's sort of There's a meaning reference. to it. There's a meaning. And also Yusuf, the Arabic form of Joseph, the biblical figure from Genesis, 
3750, he had the gift of interpreting dreams. He was sold out by his brothers to slavery. Through his gift of dream interpretation, he helped Pharaoh to prepare for the disaster of the seven lean years and was rewarded as a result. The same story is also told in the Quran. That's kind of cool. That's, yeah, 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 it's... I don't know why no one likes to do that, but... Because, like, Tenet, you got the Sage Square. That's mm. all. He likes to do little things like that, doesn't he? Yeah, it? he likes to take stuff from our real life and use yeah. it as, like, That's little... That's his name. Well, why is that his name? It's a bit too deep, though, but... Yeah. yeah, for that one, the dreams pay. That's fucking gay. So, I think that that is... Pathetic. But do you think someone just like worked that out and that wasn't even Yeah, it's probably not intentional. <laughs> it's like I remember buying a Super Mario Galaxy on, on the Wii, right? And on the fucking, on the the game, the, the actual DVD fucking packaging, the, the, what's it called? Fuck me. The case, god damn it. And on the case, it, it had, you know, Super Mario Galaxy written. But on specific letters of that word, of the title, it, it would have yeah. a star. So there was a star on U, there was a star on R, there was a star on MR, there was a star on Gay, on G and A and Y. And it yeah, said, you Gay. are Mr. Gay. Now, that was unintentional. They just put stars on random words. There was not a thought to make it that. And they intentionally, on the second one, changed one of the stars so that it doesn't say that again. Like, <laughs> but it wasn't intentional. People just thought, like, what, what are the creators trying to say? Like, what are they doing? Like, it was an accident. Like they just put stars on the words to make, oh, that looks even enough to the eye. And then oh, I, later oh, on. I did the, did the bloody art director, whoever was in charge, yeah. do it on purpose. Yeah, I don't think that. You know what I mean? Like, for some reason, that's hard just to believe. Because they hate, because they don't like Mario. They're like, yeah. I'm going to show you, buddy. You are Mr. Nintendo. Gay for playing this game. <laughs> I'm going to show you Nintendo. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Nah. No, nah, I think some people read into it a little bit more than was intention. You know? Yeah. So what was your last little bit? Oh, this is, to... this is something I just thought would be interesting to talk about. It was like, where... So we got the directors, we got the writers, we got the actors, right? Who yeah. does the character belong to? Or what percentage of the character belongs to who? What do you mean? So, like you said earlier, you know, DiCaprio helped out with Christopher Nolan and they ended up making some changes in the script or to the character that made it a bit more easy to understand. Oh, yeah. I wonder how much, if I was the actor, would I be able to claim that character? Or would it be would it be more right the for the director to take claim on the character? Or the writer, the person who initially created the idea of the character? You know, like, where does it belong? Like, I I struggle to see that it 100% belongs to any of them. But does the actor it have more to, right yeah. over the character than the director does? I feel like the actor's the actor. And usually they probably don't add their own... Most of the time, they probably don't. Most of the time. So I guess you kind of just got to... Listen to the director. As a good as a good director, you you would hope that they would give the credit where the credit's due. Yeah. And no, but I, I just then, see it as like let's say if there's, yeah, I, know, I don't even know. Even if there was like a, a few books released before they decided to do the adaptation, the, adapt, the books would adaptation, get, the books would get it. Then it's like it's less so the cat the actors, uh, I know property. 
Know what I mean? I would think, yeah, then it's the book's property. Yeah. And, but, like, even for this, like, we got Christopher Nolan. He wrote and directed this. Now, yes. It's, it's like when you make, like, patents for things. Yeah. You can't base it on someone else's design, like, to an extent. Like, I'm sure if it's that much different, you can, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's all complicated, isn't it? But, like, because I, I would think if I was a good actor, let's say DiCaprio, right, and then uh, he performs so well that I think he is that person on screen, uh, surely he gets the right to claim that actor and how that actor, as uh, that character and how that character reacted to certain things because uh, he would have been the one reacting. But Christopher Nolan was on set telling him, Fucking, oi, I need you to do this. So, like, I, I really love the, like, when you said that trivia, how DiCaprio helped yeah. out and changed some things. I, I find that fascinating to how many actors have that power? How many yeah, actors, right. how many directors respect their actors that much? You know what I mean? Like, it's fascinating. I, yeah, but if, a, if a background actor was like, God, do you mind if I do this and be like, no, fuck off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as long as it's DiCaprio, it's like, oh, yeah, no, fuck oh, yeah, yeah you okay. go for it, oh, mate, yeah. go for it. Yeah. I think I think as a director, you don't have to do what the actor has suggested, but to take it on board, if it really is a good idea, yeah. to then use that. But if know? a director says for the actor to do something, the actor must do it. Yeah. Yeah, so there's more, there's probably like a 60-40 split between director and I, the actor. I don't want a director just to be, oh, well, I want to keep my actors happy, so I'm just going to do what they want with the characters. Yeah. I only do it if it works and if it makes it better. Yeah. So you got to, like we said before, it's not about making sure this actor is happy. It's about making the story good and doing whatever you yeah. can to achieve better. Yeah. And taking advice from anyone because no one thinks the same way. Yeah. Everyone's got advice and things that they might think of that you didn't think of, and it's far better or makes far more sense. Or mm. yeah, yeah. So anyway, jump into your oh yeah, yeah budget budget. Hundred and sixty million, and uh, you can guess they made a lot. <laughs> yeah. Can't you? yeah, yeah. How much do you think? Uh, look. I want to go like five hundred million as like a low estimate. Yes, that is a low estimate. Eight hundred and thirty-six. Yeah. Eight. Yeah. I was almost going to guess a billy for some reason. I was almost going to say yeah. one billion, but uh, pretty close. Yeah. Fucking hell. Damn. It was a huge movie. It was like fucking talked about. It is huge. So yeah. Yeah. Um. So I'll do my overall first. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, not too much to say here, but uh, acting was fantastic. Music was fantastic. Um, everything was fantastic. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's, it's A+. Plus. Everyone did their parts perfectly. Um, only one thing, it's not really a negative, but damn, it's a long movie. God damn, it's a long movie. There was damn, a few damn. scenes, but... No, I, I, nothing, none it, of that was a negative for me either. No, it all needs to be there, but it's a long movie. Yeah. It's exhausting if you're not, you need to not be tired. But not only that, we're, we're watching it to record it, so, uh, to review it. So instantly yeah. I know, add an extra half an hour. 
<laughs> and then I'm like looking at it. It's already two and a half hours. Okay, so three hours. It's going to be at least three hours. I'm going to be sitting yeah. and watch this. I mean, it's great that I know it's a great movie, so I'm not worried about the time. But if I didn't know it was going to be a good movie, oof, oof. Yeah, I don't know if I a, could sign myself yeah. up to that kind of commitment. It's, it's almost like watching Avatar because that's a long movie too. Yeah. How long was Tenet? Oh, that was long. That too. was, was as well? Two, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm two just wondering. hours something. But like Avatar, you always start nodding off when I watch that. It's a fantastic movie, but... If I'm slightly tired, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that actually, Avatar used to be the movie that I would put on to fall asleep because I could. Yeah, if you're not well or something, but, just like yeah, I'll just chuck that. But on. also, like I could, I could put it on, like just start it, and I haven't seen any for like a year, but I could put it at 40 minutes in and still enjoy the rest of the movie or wherever. Like I oh, could yeah. go, oh no, I it's remember that movie. part. Let's just move it. Yeah. It's good, just long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you end up um, on? A nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. All right. All right. Yeah. No, I like that. My, my, yeah, I don't. Why? Yeah, why is this a not a ten? Yeah, it's maybe because I've seen it too much recently. Okay. Okay. Know. So when but, you first saw it, what would you have rated it then, if you had to guess? Actually, I still think a nine out of ten. Okay. 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 Just doesn't quite get ten for me. No, that's maybe because I noticed that it's so long. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. No, look, I'm not. I, I'm not sure. I just don't feel like it's quite a ten for me. Yeah. No, that's fine. Because it's it's kind of the same sort of style as Tenet. Not comparing them. No, no, no. Because they are different things. But like Tenet, I definitely give a ten out of ten, no doubt. But this, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a 10. No, fair enough. So, fair enough. Yeah, I gave it a 9. Uh, I'm guessing you gave it a 10. I did. I did. Not to give any spoilers away, but I did. Um, Like your notes, everything perfect. I mean, because of Christopher Nolan, we know the music's going to be fucking awesome, immersive bass, just tailored for the yeah. movie. Um, oh, Look, 10 out of 10. I got nothing more to say. Yeah. Like you no, said, the length maybe, but everything else. I I love this. I really do love this. Yeah. Concept, 10 out of 10. Yeah, no yeah, we got to add that to our bloody templates. That's got to be yeah. one of them. All right. Now, so let's uh, jump over to one of our songs, I reckon. Yeah, I think we've got enough time. Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah, we do. Yeah. Easy. All right. So jump onto your song, man. What did you throw in? So my song is Some fucking weird sound at the beginning. It was like a line or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh Nombe, I guess that's how you say the artist. I would almost say like garden gnome. Like gnome. Yeah. I don't know why. And the song's called Freak Like Me. And I my note to rhyme wasn't unless you read it. Yeah. It's not because of the video that I like it. <laughs> it's some chick dancing. <laughs> yeah, it's got some chicken underwear dancing or something. Did you know it's a 360 video? Yeah, too? yeah, one of my it's because I, I watched it on my fucking phone the first time. Oh yeah, and because I can like you just spin around and it moves it for you. But also then I watched it on YouTube and I could, you can drag it and shit. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, you can even drag it in this fucking. Yeah, I know. That's surprising. That's cool. Hey guys, I just want to give a shout out to this Watch Together uh, website. It is I don't know what it is, but. These people have gone far and beyond for us. It's excellent. Not for us in particular, yeah. but what they do works perfectly for us. Anyway. 
Give us, give us a fucking sponsorship. Watch together. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Sponsor us. Um. Yeah. So you get that line at the start. Mm -hmm. I like that. It's kind of cool. It kind of throws you into it, doesn't it? You're like, what the fuck? Oh. Okay. Yep. Song. (laughs) (laughs) I like the guitar. Like at the start, it's got that like a plucky kind of guitar sound. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I like it. No, no, dude. It, because I wrote the cool... Well, actually, I wrote... There is not one bad thing about this song. The cool, plucky guitar, the blues uh-huh. side of it. The bass is sick too. Like, both instrumental bass and the digital bass. Uh, but, like, and you use plucky guitar and I I said that yeah, same thing. I like that sound too where it's like that high-pitched, like, guitar sharp. I don't know what, what, what that is, but... I'm doing it now, but I'll tell you when I hear it. It'll happen again, surely, surely. But like, true, sort of sound. No, you have to go back. I think it's gone past. All right, let's go back. Might be just after this. Sounds like it's building. Do it, do it, do it now. Like that. Well, that's just like, yeah, it's like high-pitched guitar, but it's obviously through an effect of some sort. I like It's kind of cool. No, I like it. I like it. I even like the outro of it. I want to go back to that. It just, like, slows down. Yeah, but, like, but it slows down in the right ways, you know? Like, it... (laughs) Slows down in the right way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to explain it, yeah. It just sounds so cool, and they didn't... It's like that other song, last one. By Max Leone. Oh, yeah, cautious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the ending is going an outro. A- an outro that's like there's no lyrics. It's just the music part yeah. of it. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree with that. So uh, where? how did you find that song? Uh, I think it was... I used to um, sign up to... Uh, it's called Vinyl Me, Please. They send you... It's like <laughs> subscription records. They send you a record every month or something. Yeah, okay. But it wasn't on a record, it was... They also do a playlist where they have, like, songs in a playlist on Spotify. Yeah, Spotify, yeah. And they they do one every week or something. Yeah, It was in that, because I used to go through those. And it was in that. Oh, that's cool. Somewhere. So I added it on Spotify. I ended up... Spotify list. I ended up putting in my drinking music playlist, because I think it's perfect background music. Yeah. Yeah, that's also... I have it in my random... My... My only negative of the song is the yeah. the guy's voice just sounds either familiar or common. You know what I mean? Like it. Yes. It doesn't sound. It sounds good. Like he's a good. Like it's good. It's just it sounds very. It's not unique. Or, yeah, it sounds very everywhere. Or it is unique, and that's why it's familiar. Or I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it can't be unique if it's familiar. Well, you could be familiar with the unique singer, but it. Yeah, I, I lean towards more, yeah, it's common of some, yeah. Anyway, I, I don't want to diss on the guy. It could common just, good. It, common good. Yeah, common good. And then there's also <laughs> uncommon good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you, could you put it in a movie somewhere? Did you have I didn't actually write thoughts? one. No, I couldn't think of anywhere. But in the feel of the song, I could kind of just see like a, a montage of like a uh, a bar or at a, a house party of some sort. I, I don't know. I get that oh, feeling. Yeah. But I, I was yeah. kind of, I had a little sort of feeling at points of like a, almost like a female John Wick, like a. Oh, yeah. Which is like, 
my baby is a freak like you or whatever he says. Mm. Freak is a freak or whatever. So like some assassin female or... Or even like a partner and wife, uh, a husband and yeah. wife and they're both assassins and they're both freaks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I could see something like yeah, that. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both bad people. Or yeah. They're both... Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Wick and his wife. That's the new one. Yeah, John well, his Wick's wife's four. dead, so... Oh, no, he gets a new wife. <laughs> he gets a new wife. Some... And then she dies of cancer and gives him a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has to kill it again. Uh, I've, had to, I've watched my dog die twice. <laughs> yeah. All, right. All right. Jump over to mine. Your song. So I put through the song Boiler by Limp Biscuit. And my note to Stephen was, while listening to this, I want you to imagine if it's a Linkin Park cover and picture where Mike Shinoda would be rapping and where Chester would be singing slash screaming. What, this isn't a Linkin Park song? Yeah. What? It sounds so, oh, so familiar to that, you know? My, my first night was like, I feel like this should be a Linkin Park song. I I do too. I do too. But I want I want 2007 Linkin Park to cover it, not... Not 2014. Yeah. And also my next note was, it's like a not-so-good Lincoln Park tribute band. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. They're good. Even though I like the music, but I don't like the lyrics. I don't like their voices. Oh, okay. Fair enough. No, maybe I like his voice. Maybe I'm thinking of Lincoln Park, but... Yeah, maybe. I, I don't listen to heavy music often, so... My heavy is like Lincoln Park. Like Breaking Benjamin, that's my heavy. Yeah, but see, I would put this on the same level as them. I don't think they're... As Lincoln Park, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but even Breaking Benjamin. Breaking Benjamin are yeah. heavy. True. Like, like, they can be heavy for rock music. I don't mean they're like... True, yeah. true. Yeah, yeah the vocals just aren't quite... I don't know, my brother used to listen to them this but... They're fucking sick. I'm just not familiar with that. That's probably my this, problem. No, that's fine. Uh, look... I only sent this through because of the Linkin Park connection. But I, this, to me, yeah. is a tippy-top song for me from bands like this. So, like, Limp Bizkit, Linkin Park, Incubus, Rage Against the Machines, Papa Roach. Like, basically any 1990s to 2000s mall rock. <laughs> that, I can definitely picture just swapping out the singers from Linkin Park. Yeah, see, but I like Mike this guy's... And, uh, guy. I like this guy's bloody, like... Sit down, what? Like, I like his, I don't know, I like him, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I've got to stop justifying why I like it and why you don't. You don't need to justify I just love the, the um, verse progression too. Like, the first verse is, like, delivered kind of a little bit rappy. And then this verse that we just heard, which is finished, he had a bit more oomph to it. And then the third verse has like more attitude, you know, more. It like they slowly get more. Uh, I just, yeah. There's a sound in here somewhere that reminds me of a Lincoln Park song. Let's see if I can hear it. I don't know where it was. I didn't think to write it down. Yeah, should have written it down. Should have put a timestamp. Yeah, that's what I meant. Now, I found this song. Oh, oh, oh. I, I actually can't remember how I found this song. It's just always been around for me. I remember having it on my one gig MP3 player back in year seven and eight. Like, oh, yeah. I just remember. <laughs> it. I just remember it being there. 
Now I put it in my workout playlist and in my at work playlist. And, yeah, so that's just expected, I think. This bit here is very Rinkin Park esque. Not now. But this sounds like Lincoln Park. His voice doesn't sound like Lincoln Park. No, that's yeah, that's exactly right. The line from you is done. Such a good song. Right, so why did you add this Lincoln Park one? Because do you think it sounds like this one or I think it might be like that one, yeah. So like well, actually, first, let's just listen to this chorus that's about to play. So hear the... Yeah. Let's... So it's got like a... If you think about that. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Not here. Yeah, but yeah. But like you can get that similar vibe throughout this, I feel. Now, might maybe another Linkin Park song as well, but like... Even this here, how this guy's rapping, right, or singing, whatever you want to call it, but it's kind of like reverbed a little bit. He does the exact same thing in the other song, and like, I can so see a cover of that other song by Linkin Park, you know what I mean? Like, I could so see them play it. Do you have any other Linkin Park songs that you, it might remind you of at all, or? Uh, I'd have like to here, ready, ready? There is another one, but I don't know what it was. I'd have to go through and find it. Yeah, oh, fair enough, fair enough. But I think I think the reason, the big reason to liking this song, I mean, it's a combination of things, but I think familiarity is a good thing as well. Like, the more you play a song, the more you become familiar with it and the more you like it which is why it's so easy for me to like it and me to not understand so why much. you don't like it because yeah. i have heard it a thousand times you are hearing it now yeah so then when you when you don't hear it for a month and then you hear it you go oh that's familiar oh i know that mm. and it's you've got more of that connection because it's a memory thing as well but for me i haven't ever listened to it so i just yeah if i listen to it a lot i'm sure i'd love it but yeah, that's a lot of hours. That's weird. That you say that. That's kind of like that bias. What was that cognitive? No, no. Uh, one of those cognitive biases oh, where yeah, you, where you, if you Google search, uh, is eggs bad for you? You're probably going to find things that agree with you. So therefore, it's going to enforce your belief yeah. in it. So in a similar way, if I hear the song that I'm familiar with. It's reinforcing this weird, this weird, like, oh, I know it. This is it. I know it. So, so I must like it, yeah. It's kind of a weird bias that, like, you, you're you only going to like it more. So it's a weird bias loop where you're going to like it more and more and more because you're more and more familiar with it. It's yeah. strange. Wow. I didn't realize that would work for a song. Yeah, I mean, obviously you have to like it initially. So, yeah, I think it does. Though. No, it does. It does. I think it works for everything. I yeah. Think it's, yeah. Um, but I would put this in like a fight movie. Oh, or yeah. Something. Yeah. Like Fight Club or something. I don't know, not Fight Club, but. I could definitely see it in something like that, like an underground fighting ring or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a serious, yeah. Mine was more like, probably cause, mainly because of the lyrics, but I could see it when a character's like fed up with their partner, you know, slowly leaving, uh, slowly building up yeah. the courage to leave a toxic partner or something like that. 
And like they're like they're like going around their apartment like angry and trying to figure out why, you know, I could see that. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. On that note, if you guys could take a moment, like, rate, subscribe, review, do everything you can for us. Whatever it is you guys do, just keep doing it. Yeah. But more importantly, listen, maybe even tell a friend about our shitty little podcast. That'd be great. Yeah. Probably should stop referring to it as a shitty little podcast, but that's just maybe, me yeah, being me. Yeah, maybe we're putting ourselves down. <laughs> I wonder how much of that affects, like, no, this is the best podcast in the world. But positivity does Thank help. You all. Like, if I'm positive and I think that I'm probably going to fix this thing or do this thing, generally it's going to be better. Uh, I think the podcast we could have a lot more viewers if we put the effort into. Getting out, getting it out there, like interacting on forums and yeah, I, don't know, I think yeah, putting on different subreddits, put, yeah, posting in different. If you put more dedication to it, I think it could be better than what it is. But isn't that with everything? But it's a hobby, and we don't want it to be a job. So. I'll be honest with you, Stephen. Look, if I had no job, I think this would be my job. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like I would wait. There would. Absolutely, I would be putting probably more effort into it. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm happy yeah, this being a yeah. fun thing that we do together. Oh, yeah. I don't want it to be a thing we must do together. You know what I mean? No, exactly. Yeah. All righty. Yeah. Anyway. See you next Tuesday, cunt. See you next Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> yes. Instead of cunt. Yes. <laughs> yes. Grand. See ya.